0: 49ers fans, welcome to another week of the Talking Touchdowns podcast. As always, I am joined by SoCali Steph. Hey, Tracy, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well. And we have a special guest today, Steve Berman, a.k.a. Bay Area Sports Guy. Hello, Steve.
1: Hello, Tracy. Hello, Steph. Thanks for having me on.
0: Hello. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on.
1: Of course.
0: Um, A lot going on, actually, in Bay Area sports right now. Uh, and we will cover a, qu- quite a bit of that. But first, we will start with our beloved, bless their heart, 49ers. Um, <laughs> the NFL draft is a week or so, about a week and a half away. Ten days, I guess, to be exact. Um, 49ers have the number seven pick for now. They have 12 picks for now. It's going to be a really important draft. But Steve wanted to start talking to you a little bit about how much of a factor you think Chip Kelly is going to be in the draft. How much of a say will he have, etc.?
1: Well, definitely more than Jim Tomsula, that's for sure. I think Tomsula was just there to sort of uh, say, that's a great player, Trent. I'll make him the best player I can possibly make him. And I think in this case, if you hire a guy like Chip Kelly, it's sort of the same as Harbaugh. Trent Balke's going to have his areas where he makes his picks, but in terms of quarterback, and skill position guys, especially, Chip Kelly has, has to have some sort of say, or at least there has to be some sort of consensus with Tom Gamble and Trent Balky and Chip Kelly, or else Balky's going to be out on his butt because the player if he picks the wrong players for Chip Kelly's scheme and it doesn't work, then everyone's going to look bad.
0: Yeah, that's true. I would agree with that. Um, I think that's interesting, and I'm sure you're right, that Tom Sula was not much of a factor in the draft last year. Um, Do you think, you know, I hear different rumblings, like, oh, they're already not getting along. I have a hard time believing that. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think you have to kind of consider the source on this one, because it's Brian Baldinger, who apparently has some connections with the former regime over there in Philly, so Mm -hmm. you might have a guy with an axe to grind who doesn't really like Chip anyway. I mean, I'm not sure if that's exactly the case. I mean, who knows? Maybe they have had some arguments a time or two, but if it's just one ex-player who's saying this, then I need more smoke to say that this is gonna be fire in terms of Kelly and Trent Baalke. If they're already clashing, then that's just horrendous and it's unprofessional in both of their parts. I don't know. I, I think that it's a situation where Chip Kelly's reputation kind of precedes him. I'm not sure how accurate it is. There's a lot of differing stories. Some players think he's racist. Some players think he's great. Some people say that it was all his fault in Philly. And then, you know, people look at the fact that they won 10 games uh, for a couple of years before the bottom fell out. Obviously, he's not a great GM. We've seen that. But I don't know if he's learned his lesson. If he has, him and Trent are probably getting along just fine. And they have Tommy Gamble there as sort of a conduit. I, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of rumors that I'm willing to believe by the 49ers, and most of them have come true, but I think this one I'm going to hold out.
0: I would agree with you, and I think it's in both of their best interests to get along, and I think they're kind of both in a position right now to make it work, to... Quote, project frontway. Uh, but I think they really <laughs> Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn. Listen, I bet no one ever thought Tim Gunn was going to make his way into a 49ers podcast. <laughs> it was a proud moment. It really was. It was this is moment. pretty big. It's pretty big. Uh, but I think they really it's in both of their best interests and it's in the team's best interest. So I'm I'm with you on that. I don't I don't really believe it. Uh, so, Steph and I have kind of talked ad nauseum
2: about our draft picks. I know. It's been really bad. And I've, everybody hates me because I'm not a big Jared Goff fan. Well, I'm a fan, but I just don't think he's going to fit well in the 49ers. So, it, it seems like with caps inevitable departure, we talk about
0: that all the time. Right. Um, well, and I would say, like, I don't even know that it matters with Goff now. No. Because after the Rams trade, I don't – I find it – would find it – Very hard to believe that Goff or Wentz, frankly, would be available at 7. But since we've talked about it quite a bit and everybody knows our thoughts, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Who do you want to see them pick? Um, And what are your thoughts of do you see them trading down, trading up? What do you think is going to happen over the next 10 days?
1: It's kind of tough because... It's such a crapshoot right now. I think most people believe that the two top quarterbacks are going to be gone because, obviously, Wentz or Goff are going, is going to St. Louis so they wouldn't give up all those picks, like you mentioned. And then the Browns need a quarterback, and even the Cowboys might need a quarterback as well. And then, if not, some other team just swoop right in there ahead of the 49ers. And the 49ers don't seem like a team that has any interest in trading up. That's just not Trent Baalke's style, at least that high in the first round. So I would say, I mean, they had to go just best player available because they have holes at nearly every position except for, I would say, safety and maybe punter and kicker. So you have to go with the best guy. I think DeForest Buckner, even though it seems like he's kind of uh, kind of superfluous with uh, Eric Armstead there, I think that the two of those guys worked really well together in Oregon, and Buckner is actually uh, a, probably a, a, more, a more upside kind of player even than Armstead, and he definitely produced more in college. And when you look at what the 49ers did when they had a really dominant defense in 2011 and 2012 and then sort of faded a little bit in 2013, that up front they didn't have to really blitz ever. Fangio barely ever blitzed because they had Justin Smith and Ray McDonald taking up three or four guys. Mm-hmm. And then the secondary, which the cornerbacks the were pretty good and the safeties were pretty good, but none of them have really gone on to any other team and done anything. I think it's because they were such a good pass rush. Those safeties and cornerbacks look pretty good. I think actually their defensive secondary is, is pretty decent right now, even the cornerbacks, but they have no pass rush. So uh, if a guy like Joey Bosa is available and they think that he's the guy, maybe I think there's some red flags on him that I've seen, though. Uh, maybe even if they if they can trade down and get a guy like Shaq Lawson. Uh, you know Floyd is a guy who maybe they can get. Uh, otherwise, I would say offensive linemen because their offensive line is in tatters as well. And not really sure how much you can trust Anthony Davis to come back.
0: You know, actually, Steph and I were talking about that uh, earlier today. And I'm having trouble trusting that he is coming back. And I know people say he is, and I've talked to him. But it's April, late April. And he hasn't applied for reinstatement. And I kind of think, you're right. You can't bank on him.
1: No, you can't. You can't bank on him and... You don't really even know what he looks like right now. I mean, I had heard reports uh, last year that he had lost a significant amount of weight. So how does he get back up to being a guy who's just a huge mauler? I mean, obviously, the attitude when he's playing is something that the Fort Hires need. They need a mean guy who can, who can run block and protect the passer somewhat reasonably. I mean, Davis is more of a, of a great run blocker than a pass protector, but... Still, he would, he would have been easily the second-best lineman on the team last year. Maybe maybe Alex Boone was kind of close to him, but Anthony Davis is still a talented player. But I don't know. He said Trent's giving him headaches. Maybe he's just joking around on Twitter. You never know with Bam Davis on his Twitter account. But you also kind of wonder if maybe it's a situation where the ship is kind of sailed. He doesn't want to be there. And maybe it's sort of a deal where he'll come back and maybe be traded. I don't know. Or maybe he's just going to go off on a, a tr- huge uh, three-month Vacation, like he seemed to do. It seemed like on Twitter, he's, he's all over the world taking pictures and learning about life, and I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. You can't just uh, take a year off, it seems like, and come back to the NFL and just slide right in and be good. I, I can't remember one guy who did it that way.
0: Especially in that position.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, a sabbatical it. in the NFL, it just doesn't happen.
2: I agree, too. And I think that with him, like, he's, he's a very vocal guy oh. on – Twitter and social media in general and it's not something that the 49ers are particularly fond of and so I think it would take and he's you know openly bashed certain coaches and certain you know <laughs> inside the you know the, inside the entire franchise so I think it would take a lot for him to actually be welcomed back and I'm not sure he's the type of person to come back and apologize so quickly.
1: <laughs> no I, I really don't think so. He seems like someone who probably is pretty difficult to convince him that he made an error. That's just my guess.
0: (laughs) Yes. I think that's, I think that was a very nice way to put that. It's very difficult to convince he made an error.
1: Yeah. Anthony, uh, you you might've used some poor judgment there. Shut up. I think that's pretty much the answer.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's probably pretty much how it would go. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really funny. Um, well, switching gears a little, actually a lot. Um, The 49ers are not the only Bay Area team, and they're actually the only Bay Area team that isn't very good right now, at least in San Francisco. Um, So I would love to talk a little bit, and we can definitely get back to the Niners, but let's talk a little Warriors. Sure. Uh, At the moment, they're 1-0 in the playoffs at the time of recording this. Um, I have a hard time believing they're not going to get to the finals, but... Talk to us, Steve. Let's talk a little Steph Curry and friends.
1: Well, Steph Curry is the real story right now. After this podcast, I'll be heading over to Oracle to cover the game, game two against the Rockets, and Steph is questionable for that game. He tweaked his ankle on a non-contact deal. He just missed a shot in front of the Warriors bench and uh, turned to go back up to the other side of the court, and somehow his ankle just kind of gave way. It's the same one that he had surgery on and had all these problems with all throughout the early part of his NBA career and it seemed like he shrugged him off we haven't really thought about the ankle in a while now it's not a serious injury they let him play on it a little bit but he wasn't moving very well at all so they took him out early in the the second half and he didn't come back in the Warriors still won by 26 the Rockets are terrible and just totally broken (laughs) but uh, you're kind of wondering now if he's going to play tonight and a lot of people think that you just shouldn't play him because at worst the Warriors are going to go five games with, with the Rockets now. Then you have the Clippers ahead of them, and then the Spurs and or Thunder ahead of them in the Western Conference Finals. And do you really want to risk Steph's injury getting worse when you're playing against a Rockets team that really has no idea what's going on? So that's what's going to be interesting tonight. Steph really wanted to play. He was saying that he he tried to convince three different assistant coaches and Steve Kerr last game, and, and everyone said no. And Clay Thompson said after the game, that it was just a small precautionary thing and that he'll play on Monday, but it, that'll be interesting. If he comes back and plays and scores 30 and looks fine, then I think that the road to the at least the Western Conference Finals looks pretty clear, but if Steph's got a lingering ankle thing, that really changes things a lot. I
0: think it does. Steph? Other, a different Steph. Sorry, I don't want everybody to get excited and think <laughs> Steph Curry is sitting here with us. <laughs> almost as good. Almost. No, almost. Actually, in my opinion, just as good.
1: Yeah. How's your ankle, Steph?
0: <laughs> I hate Steph's
2: ankles. Like two years ago, like his, his ankles. ankles were like just his. Well, the one, you know, he just kept having that. Uh, it just was lingering, and so I, I'm worried about it too. I'm of the opinion he should not play tonight. I don't even. I don't even care if he plays you know, the next game after this, you know, it's not a big deal to me. I just want it to heal and heal well. So I think that there's no team that can, I mean, they only lost nine games in the entire season. (laughs) So I'm like wondering like what team's going to win four games against them out of seven. So I still find it hard to believe. So that's why I think Personally, he should be um, rested and he should just relax. And if they want him to, you know, practice or whatever, come out for a few, you know, a few minutes, that's fine. But other than that, I just would rather have him just
1: lay low. Yeah, I think the good news is... Obviously, I'm not a doctor, and uh, who knows if that injury, uh, (laughs) injury would even show itself this way, but I saw him in the locker room after the game, and he hadn't been on his ankle really. He hadn't played in over an hour, and he had both shoes off, both socks off. He wasn't in ice, and his ankle wasn't swollen at all, and I mean, I've sprained the same ankle a bunch of times, and usually about an hour or so after I get off of it, it just balloons up, and I didn't see that with him. But then again, I mean, who knows? I mean, he had a pretty radical surgery where a t- tendon from a cadaver was put in there. To, so maybe it has nothing to do with swelling at all. It's just something going on internally. And, you know, but after after the game, he, he went to his press conference. He was walking on. He didn't seem to really have a limp or anything like that. So I think you just have to worry, though. Like you said, Steph, it's, it's just kind of silly to throw him out there against the Rockets if you're not sure he's going to be okay. Because, you know, in the playoffs in 2013 against the, the Spurs, he tweaked it, I think, game two or three, mm-hmm. and he was never the same the rest of the series. I think the Warriors could have won that series. Me too. If Steph was healthy, and uh, he just never really could do much on it. And by the end of that series, both him and Bogut were just, like, miserable. I mean, they had their feet in ice the entire time after the game when they were doing their interviews. And you could just tell. They were like, okay, we're ready for the season to be over. Let's get back at it next year. I don't think it's that serious today, but the Rockets are just so terrible and just— so just a really dumb team, and not only that, they're a team that would try to hurt Steph. I mean, they tried to in game one, so if they know that he has a tender ankle, you're going to see guys diving at him like Matthew Delvadova.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, and I've seen athletes come out of you know where you think, oh well, he's able to walk. He's there's no limp. It's not swollen, and there's all kinds of stuff you know torn or they need yeah. surgery. So I mean, like you said, there's you know diagnostic tests that they have to run, and I'm going to leave that to the team doctors because they they have to know at this point what what kind of injury it is, and that's you know of course fans are, have their own opinions, but. You know, diagnostics tests will tell us a lot if they think that you know something's actually you know needs time, or if it's something that's no big deal. So it's Absolutely. hard for the you know human eye to be like, oh yeah, it's there's nothing wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, <laughs> He's fine. I
1: really have no idea. I just thought it was a good <laughs> sign that he wasn't. Cause I just remember all those playoff games a, a couple of years ago, and he was just in ice for I such remember. a long time yeah. and just looked so miserable after all of those games. And uh, I, was I was expecting to see something similar, but uh, he, seemed, he seemed like in pretty good spirits too. But, you know, then again, if it's something that uh, maybe isn't incredibly painful when you're just sitting there, but you can't cut, then how do you play basketball the way Steph plays?
0: Right. All right. Very good. So I, I'm going to switch us back to the 49ers for a while, but I wanted to give our fans something up-tempo to look forward to. Um, <laughs> and um, even with Steph's injury, I tend to agree. It's not probably, again, I'm not a doctor either, but I don't think it is that serious, and I think it would behoove them to rest him. And assuming he's fine, I don't see the Warriors having a lot of trouble um, the rest of this time, like you said, Steve, at least to the Western Conference Finals. Um, So back to the Niners. So with the inevitable, as Steph said, departure of Cap, who is a later round quarterback, Steve, that you kind of have your eye on that you think could be a good fit in San Francisco or Santa Clara?
1: Well, I, it seems like they love Connor Cook just because you hear so much about it, which kind of makes me feel like maybe they don't like Connor Cook as much as people think. Um, funny thing, I actually kind of feel like Kevin Hogan would be a, a decent guy for the 49ers just because it, you know he's a guy who already knows how to run a pro-style system. He's not like a real sexy passer, but he's a guy who, if you're leading a ground-and-pound kind of game, and even though Chip Kelly is – thought of as a guy who just kills defenses with his fast-paced offense. He likes to run the ball. It seems like he's someone who, who could who could throw in there. But I don't know. I don't know enough about Vernon Adams, really. He seems like a guy who obviously has all those size questions. He's, he's kind of a, His athletic ability is very strong. But, you know, I mean, how many Russell Wilsons are there in the world? It seems like that's kind of a, a tricky one to crack. Dak Prescott, I think, is a guy a lot of people mentioned with the 49ers. But a D.Y. is... I think for a lot of teams with strong systems and strong locker rooms, you kind of go, okay, well, maybe that's a one-time thing, and you give the kid a chance. But the 49ers have had so much bad luck, and not not just bad luck, but just bad actions that were alcohol-related that I think that might kind of scare them off. I mean, they were kind of known as the alcohol team there for a while with Ray McDonald and Alden Smith and I Brooks all getting into trouble all the time because of alcohol for a large part so those are, lot, so those are some of the quarterbacks I've heard that you'd think there were, might be linked to the 49ers I think Hogan might be a nice pick in the later rounds just because but I just really in terms of quarterbacks go I mean obviously the 49ers are rebuilding and they know it they're not spending money in free agency partly partly because team players don't want to go there at this point because they don't have a franchise quarterback and people are kind of iffy on shift and the team itself went five and eleven. Has all this weirdness in the front office. So you got to do some. If you're going to do anything this year, you have to figure out who your quarterback is going forward after this year. If you don't know, if you're still kind of like, well, it might be Blaine, it might be Cap, it might be, you know, Thad Lewis. We have no idea. At the end of this year, then the entire season was a failure, regardless of win loss record.
0: That's fair. You said it might be Cap. You don't think it's an inevitability that he's gone.
1: Uh, I thought so before, but it, it, it just really—it seems like it's just Denver or nothing at this point. I mean, maybe the Jets are kind of in the waiting in the wings to see if uh, if they can get Kaepernick for cheap. I don't know. I mean, the Wilkerson trade just seems kind of ridiculous on its face. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Denver obviously is is kind of being obstinate in their view that seven million dollars a year is what they would pay Kaepernick and not a penny more I think they're just waiting for the draft to see if they can get a guy they like if they like Paxton Lynch and they can get him then I think that they don't even want Kaepernick at all anymore if they can maybe pull off a trade during or right after the draft for the 49ers maybe that's something that goes on until the draft I don't really know but at this point it doesn't seem like there's a huge market for Kaepernick at least at the dollar figure that he wants and he's let it be known that he doesn't want to take a pay cut
0: and I don't blame him Steph has something to yeah, say.
2: yeah, and I you know I think that if you know I were Kaepernick and you know if I were Kaepernick, I wouldn't be doing the 40 ers any favor, so no. they didn't they didn't exactly you know do him any favor, so I think that he's more within his you know rights to claim whatever he's getting he has you know they didn't cut him. So to make him eligible on the free market, so I don't think he's going to do them any favors, and it's they're kind of at this standstill. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if they're going to treat him like an RG three situation where they're not going to let him play and just be a backup so he doesn't get hurt um, because they don't want him to have to pay you know on his injury clause. But other than that, like it's it's really going to be interesting. I I. I was kinda of talked into the fact that he would be traded. I think Eric talked us into it. It was like said he was like sixty eight percent sure or something like that. And um but and he made really good points about why he would be traded. And I don't I don't think that Kaepernick wants to stay a forty nine or I have no. no way. But like I don't blame him. But I don't. but I don't think he's willing to just drop, you know, all that money either. So I think he's willing to just you know, ride it out, and, and he he has been willing to bet on himself in the past, and I think he's willing to see how this season goes and and try to beat the other quarterbacks out and prove the 49ers wrong. I think he wants to prove the 49ers wrong, and, um, you know, I don't blame the guy. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic, um, being that adversarial, but I really think that, um, you know, it could go any way at this point, which is weird, because I thought for sure he was going to be gone. And,
1: and, well, yeah, I, I agree with all that. If you look at what Kaepernick has gone through, I mean, right when he signed his contract, he was sort of made fun of throughout the national media for signing sort of a dumb deal. People made fun of his agent. So, you know, this isn't actually the deal that we were sold. This is actually a deal that's extremely good for the 49ers. Prog I totally pulled one over on Kaepernick's group. Mm-hmm. And so if he, now that he has, like, the one advantage that he has is that the money is guaranteed once he's there on April 1st. Why would he give that up now? So right. exactly, no. why would you do that, and why would you help the 49ers? And the 49ers, they don't want him to go into the Rams. That's how I feel. <laughs> I think that they probably would have been tempted to release him if if the only team that was going to pick him up was a team in the AFC, or maybe like come to some sort of injury settlement if he wasn't going to pass his physical. But they didn't want the Rams to just swoop him up and have to face him twice a year in the NFC West. But I do think that I do think that he is going to get moved at some point. I just don't think it's like slam dunk, one hundred percent. He's going to get traded, like I thought before, just because Denver could figure out something during this draft to where they get a guy that they like and say, okay, well we don't need Kaepernick. We don't need to mess around with their cap to to put him in there. But, I, I yeah, it's just, it just seems kind of weird. And with, with how bad the team was last year and all the crazy drama <laughs> and the fact that the roster isn't that talented right now as going into the season – why would you want to add just once? Why would you want to keep that guy when all anyone's going to ask you all year long is, oh, well, how's Kaepernick doing with his role? How's Kaepernick doing with his role? Or, uh, you know, every time Fox has a game, they're going to show him on the sideline wearing a, wearing a beanie, looking all upset and sullen. And that's going to be the number one story for a team that's begging, dying for better PR.
0: Unless, unless, <laughs> this is just the devil's advocate cat fan of me, unless he shows him something and he starts and the good PR is the comeback. And that they thing-
1: you, you never know. Maybe Chip really does like him. And maybe Kaepernick plays so I mean, well sure. in off season workouts. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't even mean <laughs> I
0: just I just laughed and I didn't even mean to. And it was my devil's advocateness and then I started to laugh at myself.
1: <laughs> it just yeah, I mean he's still not in a great position. I mean everyone seems to think that Chip Kelly's offense is just going to make Kaepernick this great quarterback, and Chip has repeatedly said that he likes repetitive accuracy out of his quarterbacks. That's not a Kaepernick strong suit, and their offensive line still isn't good. And And I know that Steph wants a wide receiver, and I don't blame her. I just don't think there's very many good wide receivers in the top end of this draft. Their second number two wide receiver right now is Quentin Patton. That's not good. I mean that's <laughs> like, I, if you look around the entire NFL, you'd be hard pressed to find a worse number two receiver than Quentin Patton. So Oh my god, that's
0: sorry. so depressing. I know. That is our number two wide receiver. And you know everybody just loves him. Like I feel sacrilegious saying, Oh, I
1: don't like him. Like, he makes a he makes a stupid play every single game he's on the field. I mean he, he does make some plays for positive yardage, but stupid personal fouls I mean there's
0: always always I mean if it's if it's Sunday it must be Quentin Patton personal foul day it's like so ridiculous (laughs) and I mean a flag goes down and I'm like wait we're on defense how was Quentin Patton involved I I don't
1: think that DeAndre Smelter possibly coming back from ACL and and proving Trent Baalke right for like one of the first times on this team ACL thing is a reason to think Colin Kaepernick is going to suddenly have all these great weapons I mean their tight ends are still meh. I mean, maybe Blake Bell turned into something. Maybe Vance McDonald will be okay. But he was only good, actually. he's only did anything with Bl- Blaine Gabbert as quarterback. And it seems like the team likes Blaine Gabbert a lot more. And you keep hearing from the announcers, like Ted Robinson keeps saying that they think of Blaine Gabbert as Alex Smith 2.0. So that tells me that they like Blaine Gabbert, and they do believe that he's going to be the starting quarterback next year anyway. So I think Kaepernick is kind of behind the eight ball either way. I mean, even when Tri- Chip was – Doing his first press conference as coach of the Niners, every time they asked him about Kaepernick, he brought up Blaine Gabbard. So I don't know. I, I just don't see this is some just great panacea for Kaepernick to be have Chip Kellys as his coach and everything's going to be happy again. I do think he will get moved. The, the only thing standing in his way is if no team really wants him.
0: Right. Right. Well, that and I think, I think unfortunately that is the problem because right now nobody does want him at that salary. And as big a Cap fan as I am, I can't blame a team. It's not like he's done anything. In the last couple of years, to show that he would deserve that salary, and he's coming off a number of injuries, um, I still think he's a good quarterback. I still have confidence in him, but I can see from another team's perspective why it's not the most attractive um, possibility.
1: If you pair him with a really good running back yeah. like yeah. Todd Gurley, that's mm-hmm. that would have been a pretty strong situation over mm-hmm. there in St. Louis with that defense. But
0: Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Carlos Hyde is a good player, but he just runs in a style that's going to just get him just destroyed most of the time. Yeah. So you can't really count on him to play more than 12 games. He's not Todd Gurley, and the 49ers' defense is not the Rams' defense.
2: That's true. And like, and Colin Kaepernick didn't, you know, did better with a very, very strong offensive line, which is just non-existent anymore. So, you know, it just seems how, what the 49ers are going to try to do, and I think we're going to know right away on the draft how they go. If they go offensive line, they're going to try to protect, you know, who they have in Blaine Gabbert and try to just buy him some more time and he'll be serviceable. And that could go the same way with Colin Kaepernick. I don't think that, we're going to know right away what they intend to do just on their very first pick if they go defense and that's how they're going to build. And then, you know, it's, I don't really, I'm of the opinion and I'm, I'm hoping they'll win at least six games like that at this point because it's such a bad team, but that's how I'm kind of wondering how they're going to start over again. And, uh, they don't really have, I mean, I know Chip Kelly in all fairness has done a lot, a lot with, um, Fools, like he did he made him look really good yeah. so mm-hmm. I, you know that's something that I think about you know at times when you know maybe he legit believes he can do something with Colin Kaepernick which is an exciting pros, you know prospect but I don't know you know it's just so bizarre situation I feel like
0: it's a twilight zone it is like a twilight zone <laughs> and I, I kind of think from Chip's comments he feels like he can do something with Blaine Gabbert um, I don't know. I think so too. I think, I think. that's what he thinks. I think, he, although it pains me to say it, but I think that that's what he thinks. He thinks yeah. that he looks at Blaine Gabbert and he says, "Okay, I can, with this, that, and the other in place, I can do something with this guy." Um, so that's probably what'll happen. Well, the draft is in ten days, <laughs> so there's wow. that.
1: Sneak it up on us. It
0: is. Think, I feel like we've been talking about the NFL draft for a million years, mainly because our season was pretty much over before it began, so everybody was already looking towards um, this draft, but I can't believe it's already almost here.
1: Well, you didn't do a bunch of shows on their free agent class? I mean, St. Beatles, that's a pretty strong class right there.
0: <laughs> um, I was really excited, I'll tell you, to do a video on the new free agents that we were going to sign. And I was—I had all kinds of fun things planned. And I was like, well, I guess we'll be waiting for the draft. <laughs> yeah. So Steph and I actually did film a draft preview video today that will be out later this week, um, nice. which is pretty fun. But, yeah, I had so many high hopes and things that I was going to do for this free agent class. But by the same token, I do understand it. If the consensus and understanding on the team is that this we're not really going to be a contender this year – save the money, rebuild through the draft, and use it next year. I don't – I was pretty angry in the beginning, but now I have calmed down and kind of understand that thought process.
1: (laughs) I I understand it too. However, it just seems like maybe the team as a whole would get better if everyone had a little bit more help. I know that that their their argument is there are no guys with Pro Bowls that are in this free agency class, but it just seems like with that amount of money that they had – but you know what they're going to do. They're going to draft Miles Jack because he has a knee that's a ticking time bomb, according to some <laughs> source. And, and then they'll draft Jalen in the second round because he has nerve damage in his knee. And they'll be like, in 2017, we're going to have the best linebacking core in the entire league.
0: <laughs> what do you think? There's got to be something with Trump Balkan in his knees. I feel like in a former life, Trump Balky was some sort of like oh, orthopedic surg- surgeon who was fixing ACLs. I, think oh, yeah, they're no, just... I
1: I'm I'm convinced that he like really look, digs looking at ACL stars like touching them. <laughs> <laughs> and every single player it seems like that has an
0: torn ACL, he's into. It's 100% true. I said the other day on Twitter death taxes and the 49ers drafting someone with an ACL injury. That's Absolutely. like your those are the three things in life you can be sure of. <laughs> oh god.
2: If I'm just hoping that they and I told Tracy this earlier, I'm just hoping that they at seven, I know who it is. Like, I know.
0: am <laughs> <laughs> like, I've heard of them
1: before.
0: You don't go, wait, who?
1: <laughs> Who's the safety from Towson State? <laughs> i never even heard of this guy before. I'm like, oh, boy, this is a reach. We had the third-round grade. But obviously, Trent Baalke sees something, and then everyone just slams their head on their keyboard
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so was, um, yeah that's true although all, not many people really knew a lot about Alden smith when he was chosen granted it didn't turn out well Ultimately, you're being act- but you he's pretty badass in the beginning the so I, I don't know I, I do think that he might go off the board a little bit i mean i've even seen some mock drafts with them picking packs lynch who people think is going to be available later in the first round i think that would be like a pick where like I get to see it on Twitter, where like everyone at first be like, "Oh my God, what Paxton Lynch? That's such a reach." When they trade down, and then like by the end, by like the end of the weekend every 49ers fan would be like, he's such <laughs> an amazing pick. Like, he's really smart. I'm looking at video on him and he's tremendous. He's better than Goff
0: and Wentz. Paxton forever! Yes. <laughs> we do that, though. We talk ourselves... We hate the pick and then we talk ourselves into it. Like, well, <laughs> because really, what choice do we have? I mean, at that point, the pick has been made. So, might as well hope for the best because that's always worked out really well for us. That hoping for the best thing.
1: Well, and also, like... There's so many draft experts out there, and I definitely don't consider myself one or even close. And there's like a hundred Division One football teams, and then even some Division Two guys or one mm-hmm. AA guys get chosen. So how can you possibly watch every single game? They don't all play each other either. So it really is a crapshoot in certain ways. I just like I mean, just like what you said, Steph. I would rather see someone that you know has produced in college and that you know his name other than just someone who you're like, oh, that's a weird pick. And then if it doesn't work out, you're like, okay, why did they pick that project guy who no one's ever heard of when there's a bunch of guys? Like Marcus Peters last year was like such an obvious pick for them. I mean Eric Armstead I think has some potential, but it was just weird. It's like they were talking about how you know they're going to be good this year with Jim Tomsula. They pick a total project. Marcus Peters, a guy who lives in Oakland – he was right there. Everyone knew he was talented, and he played really, really well in his first year. It's like, why are you try to outthink yourself? But uh, that's a sort of, uh, is the way Balky seems to go in the draft.
0: But it, I said this stuff earlier. I was like, it's a number seven pick. You can't possibly. I mean, I'm sure I will eat these words, but you can't possibly – out. you have a number seven pick. You have to pick someone who will make a difference on day one. You just have to, and, of course, he won't. But in my opinion, you just have to, and you have a number seven pick. I mean, at least with Armstead, what did they trade down? They ended up getting him at, like, a 17?
1: I think they stayed at 15 and picked him.
0: That's a th- big idea. I thought you they didn't Trade I thought Trader Trent Oh maybe didn't Chad did. York tweet something like Trader Trent oh, yeah. strikes again or I'm something awesome like that? Awesome
1: I, like that. <laughs> uh, I, I know he tweeted that, but was it about
0: it, I think it was Armstead. I'm I'm almost I'm almost positive. Perhaps one of our listeners can let us know, <laughs> yes. but I'm almost positive. But either way, whether it's 15 or 15,
1: me and tell me I'm wrong. I get that uh, enough. Yeah.
0: Oh sure, and I'll do it in a very hateful way, <laughs> yeah. in a way hater. as opposed to just like, hey, Bay a sports guy. It turns out that is what happened. I'll say something horribly cruel and inappropriate because it's Twitter and you can't see me say it.
1: Oh so. yeah, no hater, and uh, you have to spell you're wrong. Oh.
0: It's used. <laughs> you just the you are
1: yeah you're a traitor <laughs> team, you're a dumb you're t- no traitor like Trent. i'm sorry yeah no. yeah
0: traitor yeah, traitor. <laughs> <laughs> traitor steve different spelling <laughs> um that's exactly true. well we will let you head off to oracle and watch um really awesome bay area team yes. that has the potential to win that's stuff so much fun
1: <laughs> yeah looking forward to it for sure it's always fun i'm glad the warriors uh Allow me to watch these games and cover them because this is definitely. I mean, I used to cover this team when Keith Smart was the coach, and he would play AC Law and crunch time over Steph Curry when he was mm-hmm. when Curry was healthy. Yeah. And then now it's like they're the number one circus in the entire sports world, at least you know outside of European soccer. It's pretty amazing.
2: It is amazing, and it's such a weird. Cause everyone now, you know, calls me, you know, (laughs) especially down in San Diego, they call me like, Oh, you're such a bandwagon man. I'm like, you don't know the pain. (laughs) (laughs) This, you know, my whole life being a Warriors fan. So I'm, it's just thrilling. It's exciting. And I love that. I feel part of it for the first time, so it's pretty
0: exciting.
1: Well, yeah, we all. It's, uh, the basketball gods have uh, oh. finally paid the, the fans back for uh, <laughs> three decades of just total trash.
0: So <laughs> I'm sure that maybe the football gods will follow suit sooner than that. Maybe. <laughs> well, we always end with the Go Niners, but I think maybe for fun today, let's end with the Go Warriors. Yeah. Let's all right, Go Warriors. Go, go Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, Steve. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great time at the game.
1: Thanks, Asar. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks, Dave. Bye.
1: Bye.